0: Please read with me the Holy Word of God. Husband, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all of her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of His body. For this reason... A man shall leave, his father and mother shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to the church, to Christ. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Father, I ask you to teach us this morning that, Lord, we may understand the priorities of a husband. But, Father, first and foremost, I pray that we will understand that what we call marriage was a picture of what will happen in eternity between the bride of Christ and Christ, the ultimate eternal marriage and oneness. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. And Father, thank you for guiding us along. We love you. We praise you. In Christ's name. Amen. We are looking at an amazing section of scripture. And it deals with uh, where we're at now, deals with the role of the husband. Again, as I prayed and as we have been looking at in this book, is that the church, it's called the body of Christ. I showed you in Genesis when Adam was put to sleep, had a rib removed, and made Eve. He said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. That is what the church is. It is bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And we are called to be united and it's not a matter of let's tolerate everything. It is a matter of being purified, that we may reflect the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are several illustrations in the Gospel record. When you see Him discussing the wedding feast of the, and the bride, that's us. Uh, my firm belief is that that seven years of tribulation will be the wedding feast of the bride. While this place, the restraining work of the Holy Spirit, is removed, then sin has no nothing to hold it back. There's no reigning it in. And then you'll see at the three-and-a-half-year mark, the hatred turns towards Israel. Then she will look upon He whom they pierced as he makes his return. But in that time, that seven years, you and I will be celebrating the bridal feast of the Lord Jesus Christ. Kind of an interesting concept. Yet we live in that truth now as Christians united in the body of Christ. Those of you know that I took a stand, I guess, Actually, it really wasn't that difficult for me to uh, continue meeting during the lockdown. And the reason was simple. And I shared this with our governor. I've read Hebrews 10.25, and it says, Do not forsake the assembly together, which is the habit of some. And uh, I know the alternative of not being with Christians. That means you will be with liars and deceivers in the world. So, I believe that God honored that. Uh We didn't have... What do they call that thing? Any super-spreading event or anything like that? We honored our Father. But we do it because we are the body of Christ. One of the things that I think is absolutely uh, destructive to the, the testimony of the church is the divisiveness of individuals. And I showed you this, that if there is anyone who is divisive, what are you supposed to do? Separate. And you don't even eat with them. Okay? That is it. But he gave an illustration in Genesis of what that looks like with Adam and Eve. And that's what we've been looking at. Marriage as God designed it. I was going through some weird facts and stuff, scientific facts and information on, uh, quote-unquote, the family in the United States. And I won't give you a whole bunch of the numbers, but basically when I got done with my little research project, the American family is in serious trouble. And if you look at history, when the family is destroyed, so is the society. I have seen several political organizations who state in their manifesto of what they're doing is that they want to destroy the quote-unquote nuclear family. Look around. Look around in your community right now and tell me what society does to strengthen family life. Okay, Look at what has been done to the family structure. And I can tell you where it started in the 60s when we put a war on poverty and we don't want anybody to ever be poor again. And there was almost to date, actually my numbers are 2010, in twenty ten there's been seventeen trillion dollars spent on welfare. You know, you could have saved a whole bunch of money if you'd have just give everybody a million bucks. I mean it'd be three hundred and thirty million dollars. Everybody had been a millionaire for about a half an hour, forty five minutes. Maybe a little longer. You know, and I, if you look at the early 60s, I'm talking 61, 62, long marriages were the norm. After that started happening, what happened? Longevity in a marriage is almost gone. I was looking at some numbers. In 1870, okay, 1870, as before I was born, there was only 27 out of every 10,000 marriages was there a divorce. Okay? In uh, 1972, there was 455 divorces out of every 1,000 marriages. Okay, in 72. In 1974, in Orange County, California, there were 6,702 marriages and 6,372 divorces. Society's helping, ain't they? Do you think it's any better in 2021? Something is changing. Marriage and its promise of lifelong love I don't know, it's almost like a fairy tale. Many think, I would say most, and act as if marriage is temporary. I mean, how many times have I heard this? When is the expiration date on my marriage license. And I have actually heard government officials on the federal level trying to say that there should be a five-year apprenticeship in marriage, and at five years you have the option to renew. If during that five years there are children... Don't worry, if you do not renew, the government will take care of your children. That's the society you're in right now. Uh, you Have you heard, was tried and wanting? How about wanting and seldom tried? If there is an increasing rate of divorce... Do you think you'll see an increasing in marital problems? I man, I used to remember seeing people when I was a, in 1875, no, <laughs> when I was a young man, when marriages looked like they were fun. I see marriages now, in some cases, you're like, Man, good thing you got saved from hell. It's an in, One of the things that I've watched in my lifespan is that our society is increasing the definition of marriage to change it so it fits. I mean, uh, The generation before me, you never heard of people living together. My generation thought that was a great idea. But up until then, you never heard of that. As I looked at some of these numbers that come out of the government statistics, perhaps we should go back To what God said it was, and what is God's basis of marriage. Very few today try marriage on God's terms. I have been uh, a senior pastor here for over 27 years. I have been in this church for 35. Okay, in my 27 years. As a, as a leader, I've done five marriages. Okay. I guess I just don't do them well enough or some, I'm not on the council. Of those, three have lasted. The two that didn't, the couple decided that uh, they would find another church or another place or another something. And I warned them. That if you get out of the church, you will have a terrible time with your marriage. Oh, it's okay. You've taught us well. But you didn't listen to that teaching, did you? Very few try marriage on God's terms. If marriage was Christ-based, what would this place look like? You ever think about that? Listen, I hate to break the news to you. People are looking. They want that. Leave it to beaver family. But I also watch our society is hammering us day in and day out with fervor on a new definition of a man and a woman's relationship. It's amazing. And yet, so few want to go to the Creator. Who created marriage? Do you know homosexual unions? Do you know what an affront that is to God? He didn't make no rainbow for that. And yet, we will just redefine it. You can't do that. So, we only need one opinion on marriage. Do you know that if you go to the average Christian bookstore, are there any things like that anymore? Bookstores? Anyway, I used to go to Christian bookstores, and they would have one or two aisles on marriage of people with little letters at the end of their name telling you how to make a successful marriage. And I thought, wow, man, that's kind of interesting. But it's one of the top-selling ways, or if you want to sell a book, then write on marriage. We only need one opinion. And it's simply the Word of God. What does it say? And yet, you know what? I have had more feedback on this section than anything that I've ever preached. Because people look at it and say, that is virtually impossible. I have but one question to ask. Then why did he put it in here? Again, I started this book and I want to remind you, the problem with Ephesians is everybody knows chapter 4, 5, and 6. Nobody has a clue what 1, 2, 3 says. Because if you look at that and immerse yourself in the first three, You start understanding who you are in Christ. And when you start getting a handle on that, four, five, six piece of cake. I look at our times. I know that my generation, you know, my generation is actually starting to take control of this country. Yuck. What were we thinking? But I want to share with you a text because I told you that we have a lot of things against us as believers. You know, Listen, we have a lot of things against us as human beings trying to have relationships. I mean, I'm talking a meaningful relationship. I'm not talking that, you know, well, we get two weeks vacation. we got a motor home. we got a rental place. we got a boat. We got I'm not talking about that. I'm talking a soul-depth relationship. That's what I'm talking about. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. But evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paul's last letter of his life, He's in the Mameteen prison preparing to have his head removed. And he sends this letter to Timothy who's going to take up his place. The world is going to get worse and worse, Timothy, because we will have evil men and imposters. And they will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving And being deceived. Okay, all right. I'm looking at it saying it's picking up speed. But if you look at verse one of that chapter, it says, Realize this that in the last days, difficult times will come. All right, the world's gonna get worse. And in the last days, How worse will it get? Well, evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. All right? Now, you've got to understand what he's talking about here. He's not telling Timothy, Timothy, this is what the world looks like outside your window. That's not what he's saying. Timothy This is what the body of Christ is going to move into when people start buying the lie that the father of lies is giving. I try to tell people this over and over and they look at me like pet me on the head. He's a cute man, he's so concerned. Okay? And it's this the simple thing is this your battle is this simple. I know. Oh, there he goes. He's a cute little man. He's just good. cute. Has God said? Period. The first deception that ever showed up was that. Has God said? And immediately you go, well, I think. But see, he knew when the snake did that, he had Eve because she said, you're not even allowed to touch the fruit. God never said that. God said, don't eat it. I see some of us who wander around with, has God said? I want to show you what it looks like. The church. Verse 2, men will be lovers of self. Charles Spurgeon's commentary on that says, this is the sewer pipe that all the rest comes out of. Men will be lovers of self. The last days will be known by overwhelming self-centeredness, self-absorbed, self-satisfaction, self-indulgence. That's why when people ask me, well, what are the signs that we're waiting for Christ's return? The trumpet. You want to tell me that right now the body of Christ in Castle Rock, Colorado in 2021 is not self-absorbed? Not lovers of self. People looking at what they can get. Get. If people come into this church right now, they come in and say, Well, you ain't got nothing for kids. Does this look like a daycar? When is the church supposed to be a daycare? You can go to that church over there. They got a whole room and nothing but video games. That ought to be great. See what I mean? I, I don't understand that. How did we get so far off track? Well, we cater to self-love. Ego is the word in the Greek. Okay, ego is personal pronoun. Stistelia means that men in love with their own selves. But notice also in that verse... Disobedient to parents. Kids never do that. Come on. They're little darlings. These are my little angels. Disobedient to parents. Children in the end days will lose a sense of respect. wonder when that's going to happen children will lose a sense of authority. Do you know who is propagating this? Satan. Nope, government. When I was in school, if a teacher contacted my parents, I was in kimchi. Okay? If a teacher contacts a parent now, the teacher's in kimchi. Treat my little Johnny like that. Who's your boss? Disobedient to parents, and this is part of this government raising our children. Look at our schools. I mean, you know, and you know how easy it would be fixed, but yet that's the hardest thing they fight. School choice. My little tax dollars and my little Johnny go where my little Johnny goes. And I guarantee you, you would clean this up quicker than you could blink an eye. But if it's that simple, why don't we do it? See what I mean? Because we are lovers of self. There in uh, verse 3, that first word there you see, it's uh it says unloving. Okay, but that word in the Greek is amazing. Storge is the word, but this word has A in front of it. A storge. Okay, storge is family affection. A means without. Without. Family affection. I ain't seen that. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that. Where's that at? So, in the last times, these people who are into self-love, they will rebel against the family, and they will lack normal family love. Listen, my family, as I grew up, were all very close. Okay, I mean, uh, the farthest one was just over the river into Kentucky, and that one was about an hour and a half away. But other than that, we were all right around. I mean, all the cousins and uncles and and everybody. And let me tell you, we had some dandies, okay? I, I had a couple of uncles that just like, gee, many, jump with Jehoshaphat. <laughs> I'm hoping I don't end up like that, because, you know, Carl would show up and, He'd want to stay at my grandma's, and uh, he'd be all boogered up. Yeah, hey, I got stabbed back here. and shot me through the arm and all. And you're like, "What are you doing, Carl?" <laughs> People don't normally do that, but you loved them. <laughs> you know, you you just love them to death. I mean, I mean, I guess as as uh, my one uncle Jim would say. He's quite the character, not he? That's a good term, okay? But you know that's gone now? And I can tell you about when that got started. And no, I'm not that old. <laughs> 1972. The government did it. You know what they did in 1972? Roe versus Wade. we convinced women they could kill their child. And it was okay because self-love. Child can be inconvenient. From that point on, if you can convince a woman, I've never met a woman who doesn't want to have kids. Men, pay attention. But they all do. But we could convince a woman that single great natural force would be inconvenient. You can do it later. The last times then I hear political organizations said that they need to destroy the nuclear family. And I'm just sitting there going, what more are you going to do? I mean... It's a direct attack on our Creator. They're saying what He did wasn't sufficient because of my self-love. The removal of marriage. Okay, if you remove marriage, I only have one question for you. Who's going to raise the kids? Verse 6, For among them are those who... Enter the households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses. Basically, the home has become fair game for every kind of con that there is. I had a conversation, you know, the, you've heard the proverbial statement the grass was greener over there. I smile at him and say, still just grass. (laughs) So the home is awful in verse 6. These are in the last times. Home has become a fair game. And it is the evil one and humanity crashing down on God's base of human society. The family is the foundation for any given human society. And it goes back to what I shared. Very simple statement. Has God said? People ask me about divorce. I tell them, I said, divorce is like death in the family, but there's one catch. What's that? you don't get rid of the body. And if you got kids, you may have to see that body every other weekend or something like that. Home is under attack, but it makes you feel any better. It has been. And let me tell you right now, the father of lies is making great progress. And it's just as simple as, has God said. I showed you in Genesis 3.16 that marriage is cursed by God. I also showed you that in the book of Genesis, the corruption of our society by the hand of Satan. In the book of Genesis, the very first book, you see the foundation for adultery, fornication, homosexuality, incest, prostitution, and rape. Quick start I also told you just now that evil men will get worse and worse and uh, Paul warned young Timothy expect people to be self-absorbed epsilon gamma Omega we pronounce that ego it's always a personal pronoun in the Greek. And it's true today. I've never met anybody who has a low self-esteem. They'll tell you they do, so they'll get you to what? Pay attention to them. Listen. I don't remember any time in my life that I have seen such self-love On so many levels. But here's something that I do know for a fact. Nobody, nobody absorbed in self-love can make a meaningful relationship with anyone else or their children. That will make their children rebellious and they will actually grow cold in their natural affection for quote unquote family. Remember they used to say, blood, sticker, and water? Not anymore. Home is the target. Why? That was supposed to be the model for the church. And you know what? In some cases I've seen in church, it is the model. It looks just like that. And the home... And some churches are taking a beating because of the curse, because of sexual perversion, and because of self-love. So, everybody encouraged yet? In human terms, there is little hope for marriage. Okay? But, we have the first three chapters of Ephesians. We have oneness in Christ. Whether it is the church body or whether it's the home body. I shared this last week. There is absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing in creation. So I make this joke every once in a while and you get people going, I think you just said a heresy. The only thing that can separate you from the love of God has never been created. What did he say? It doesn't exist, and he has poured his love into our hearts to the spirit of the living God. Okay, now then, I do want to affirm something because uh, I have dealt with uh, troubled marriages before. It is an act of the will. You have to know who your God is. You have to know that His love has been poured into your heart, and then you have to depend to make that decision to love. It does depend on whether you are determined to do it or not. I've had people, couples, come into my office in the years past, and they came in, and I already knew they had determined that they were not going to stay married. Now, you can call them on it. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Well, you just lied to me. Okay? Listen, some of us are harder to love than others. But you have to say, no, no. God so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son and that love is in my heart. Listen, if you determine that you don't love somebody, you know what? You won't. You determine by the grace of God that you are going to love regardless, no matter what happens. Why? Because it says in Ephesians, what? You are to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And He did what? Gave Himself. I remember I was in a conference out in California. And it was on marriage. Funny, huh? And I remember a guy sitting there. This is all pastors or elders or whatever. It was all church leadership. And this guy says... I'm afraid I love my wife too much. I've almost made her an idol. Wayne Mack was the guy's name. Do you love her as much as Christ loved the church? Well, no. Then you need to love her more, was his response. I was like, you walked right into it. I mean, come on, Slick. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I had somebody tell me one time, "You've made the Bible an idol." I said, "You should have seen what I used to have." <laughs> I'm improving here. No matter what happens, as Christ loves His church, it's an irresistible love. You got now. Go read the seven churches of Asia Minor in Book of Revelations. There is a pack of them, ain't they? And yet He calls them churches. They are representative of Him. All right they are flesh of his flesh bone of his bone those and yet he still loved them the curse the evil sexual perversion seen in genesis our adversary who is like a lion waiting for someone to eat you know that it says that he roars He's like a roaring lion. You know when a lion hunts, it doesn't roar? You know how easy it is to catch something if you're running through the jungle roaring? When a lion roars, it means I've got something. And I don't think he has a hard time in this day and age. And yet I have a society that is constantly with Satan In sexual perversion and the curse pulling to destroy marriage. And there's only one way to defeat it. One, you must know Christ. First three chapters I'm in Him. Think about it. When people look at you, they see Christ. That's what it means. They see Christ. Why? I am in Him. He is in me. Okay? And be filled with the Spirit. Filled is to be led. I am led by the Spirit of the living God. Then you will have to commit, in those two, that you're going to love your wife, no matter what. Okay? So, I'm going to give you three practical things, men. Ladies, you can all leave now. Because they'll all write them down and smack you in the head when they get home. Okay? I'm going to give you three practical things that will help you love your wife as Christ loves His church. 1 Peter chapter 3. i got three practical things that are all in one verse. Are you impressed or what? That's, That's pretty good. 3.7, you husbands. Okay, it kind of clears the stage, right? Well, who's he talking to here? Okay? Because, see, this is the one that comes out that Sarah called Abraham Lord. And guys all say, did you hear that, baby? (laughs) That's me. Okay? But see, Peter don't stop there. And he says, you husbands. In the same way. Live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Okay? Now this is an interesting text in the original language, and it literally says there, live with your wives in understanding as... The New American Standard Translation, and it says, dwell according to knowledge in an understanding way. That's how the lexicon would print it out. Okay. Dwell according to knowledge in an understanding way. Okay. This is, uh, what I call consideration. Well, actually, I would call it serious consideration. It has to do with understanding And sensitivity to your wife, understanding and sensitivity. You know what that means, guys? Listen. (laughs) It's, It's it's that simple. If you're going to love your wife, you must have understanding and consideration. And the only way you get that is listening. Okay. How many times have you heard this women say? He never understands me. Okay? And men always respond, who can understand a woman? (laughs) Especially if you don't listen. Before you ever say, I do, we did, or we should, or whatever, you should better have an understanding of this person. You should know things about her. No, I'm not. Well, it's her birthday. I don't know. That is not what this is talking about. What hurts her? What helps her? And you know what? She'll tell you. She'll tell you in everyday conversation without there being an offense. But if you don't listen, you ain't going to know it. He's not sensitive to my needs. Have you ever heard that? How do they feel? Do you know her heart? That's what that phrase there means. Live with your wives in an understanding way. I understand my wife. I understand who she is. I understand her likes. I understand her dislikes. I'm talking. I'm not talking about. I gave her flowers on her birthday. Oh, you know, I really was good. I just give her flowers. out was a clear blue. I remember a kid one time. We went out to the Shepherd's Conference. He'd just gotten married, and uh, he was rooming with me at a hotel there in Van Nuys. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I get a phone call at the desk that says, you have a package down here, Federal Express. And I was like, what? So I go down. And it wasn't for me. It was for him. And so I brought it up to him. I handed it to him. He opens it up. She had sent him a car overnight express to tell him how much she missed him. And I was like, I never got one of those. <laughs> but then you think back, on it, like, I never sent one either. So there. <laughs> See, I can say this over and over. Listen, 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 listen. Because if you do not, it will build up walls. It will build up barriers. And it will make it harder for her to love you. And it will make it harder for you to love her. Dwell with her according to knowledge. Know her. Most of the relationships that I see are founded on what? looks that was pleasing to the eye. Didn't that get Eve? The fruit was pleasing to the eye. i would never seen fruit that was pleasing to my eye, but I guess if you're in Eden and there's no sin, it might be. Okay. But basically what we do is base our relationship on. She looks good. He looks good. We might as well get married, and uh, <laughs> it's it's gonna be. Uh, they won't always look good. I'm allowed to say that. I wrote it down right here. Holy writings. Be sensitive and be understanding. And do you know what it is she feels? We struggle in our own human vessels to love as Christ loves let alone dwell in understanding. And I've heard it. I've heard it all over the place. Who can really understand a woman? The one who listens? Okay? It's not what you get out of the marriage. It's what you give to the marriage. Second thing. Consideration is the first I tried to alliterate these. I'm not sure I did a good job, but I'm trying. The second one is chivalry. Okay. You have consideration and then you have chivalry. Okay. This is more than opening the door for her. Uh, I seen a, somebody posted something on Facebook. It says, if he's opening the door for her, that means it's either a new car or a new wife. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. All right. Here it says, in an understanding way, as with someone weaker. Weaker. Alright? I'm going to get in trouble with this, but too bad. Women are physically and emotionally weaker than a man. Sorry. And if you look at it, in the physical and the emotional section, men are the strength. Now listen, I'm not talking about spiritual. We're all one in Christ. Spiritually. But when it comes to physical abilities and, and emotional abilities, women are weaker. So that means that chivalry is more than the door. I'm talking about, look what it says here. It's really cool. Weaker vessel since is the, since she is the woman, that chivalry, I should what? Because she's weaker, I should show honor. I should show honor. Okay? Giving her honor. See, that's more than, I forgot her birthday. See, I was brilliant. I decided I'd get married on Memorial Weekend because then I remember the date, right? They keep moving the stupid holiday. <laughs> so I celebrate my anniversary on Memorial Weekend. And they say, say, well, what day did you get married on? Memorial Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought I had that all figured out. God says, you're a dummy. Third thing, I call it communion. Why? Look what it says here. Show her honor, that's chivalry, as fellow heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. This is uh, interesting because he just made a statement that we are joint heirs in the grace of Christ. Right? And I don't want my prayers hindered. Listen, if I look at life, the top of it is marriage. Here, being joint heirs, means that we have inherited this. This was given to us as heirs of Jesus Christ. And so, this... What Peter is showing us, we are fellow heirs of the grace of life so that our prayers will not be hindered. It's it has to do with we've inherited marriage and we both do it together because we are joint heirs. Remember what I said? Listen to her, know her and understanding? Okay. This is talk together. Listen. It's not one. Okay. It's talk together. It's back and forth. Um, It's interactive. It's interactive. It's kind of like a close confidant. Let me tell you what's hurting me. And you know what, men? We don't do that. We might seek out to figure out what's hurting our wives, but we don't tell our wives what's hurting us. Why? Because I'm strong. I'm a manly man. Okay, and we keep it to ourselves. But we commune together. And I want—it's got to be more than okay. Uh, the first of the month bills are due. Uh, we got this. How much money we got? We got that. Ain't what I'm talking about. That's good, though. (laughs) I mean, what do you mean we ain't got no money? (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Okay, but what I'm trying to get at is, let's talk about the spiritual. What are we battling? What do you battle? And listen, I am terrible at this. I'll admit it. But you know what? I'm a pastor, so I don't have any struggles, right? I mean, I've just got it in driving them, going down the road. But men have a hard time communicating with their wives. You'll sit and listen. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, sure, huh, yeah, mm, I remember, yeah, mm. okay. But you don't ever engage back. But you know what? You can sit there and say, well, all it is is do I like the color of the kitchen? I don't care what color it is. It can be bare drywall. Is it wall up? Has it got insulation in it? Is the window closed? I'm good. <laughs> you know, she painted a kitchen. She had all these pictures sitting piled up in the floor. And I said, that looks like me when I was a bachelor. <laughs> I just set them all right there. I knew where they were. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I listened to her. You know, well, if you we put one here or two here, I said they're going, hey, okay, whatever. Let's just stack them up. Start one on the floor and just keep one on top of the other, on top of the other, top of the other. And everybody said, "Wow, that's inventive." No, it's uh, it's communion. It's communion together. It's spiritual thought. It's it's the deeper things. The deeper pains. Peter says here that it's got a benefit that your prayer won't be hindered. That implies that you share your spiritual lives. Okay? In my line of work, there are some things that I can't. I can't share with anybody. And you just sit there and go, happy for me. See? See? But there's other things you can share. You can share with your spouse. Share your spiritual lives together. You know, I was reading in Proverbs today, and it says I'm a dummy. Okay? Well, I guess I assumed something there, didn't I? (laughs) I assume you read your Bible. If you read your Bible, share with somebody what you find. And, you know... There are times that somebody will share and I know, I know that. I'm not going to look you in the eye and say, I know that. What took you so long. That's not communion. Listen, I'll close, but I want you to realize this through all of it. God has given us everything to make it work. All right? But you have to be determined to do it. I want you to know this, and I believe this with all of my heart. God can reverse the curse that's on marriage in Christ filled with the Spirit. I believe that with all my soul. All my soul. And what we practice down here in our relationships is what we get to do in eternity. Again, go back to the single foundation. Remember what he said? This is a great mystery. Christ and his church. Husband and wives are Christ and his church. And you know what? Some cases I can look at the marriage and say, Yep, looks just like the church. And that's not a positive thought. Okay? Three things. Be considerate, converse, commune, and, and just <laughs> when I travel, you' going to send me a card overnight, or what? <laughs> yeah, everywhere I go, they don't have federal Express, <laughs> so and I wouldn't know how to pronounce the street anyway. Where are you at? I don't know. Baku, Azerbaijan, right across the street from the Iranian embassy. So, whatever, all right, we have a precious gift. we are joint heirs, but we have to determine what we're going to love, and then you'll start realizing that once you do that, you'll start loving one another as Christ loves his church, okay, and you might even start liking me. But who knows? Let's pray, Father, thank you, thank you for your word, thank you for your holy Spirit. Father, this day, I want to thank you for your precious bride, your church. Father, every time I think I reach my limit of what she means to me, you show me more. So, Lord, thanks. Thank you so much. I am deserving of nothing. Father, may our love for one another, for our spouses, grow with every breath you grace us. Father, may we never take each other for granted. May we rejoice at the time you've given us. May we be overwhelmed with that privilege. Love you, Lord. Christ's name. Amen.